Hello, welcome to It's the Tea. He's R to the Edgy. And she is Nick Drew. Hi. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Hit my theme music. Oh. Hit our theme music, actually. I have to I have to do a, a sad version of it today. Um This don't make no goddamn sense. Why do it have do it have to be sad? I'm sad, but that's all right. Oh. Um so we saw each other. We did, and we didn't make any content. (laughs) We didn't make. We made content on our fucking friendship, is what we. Yeah, we said fuck the viewers. (laughs) We didn't even. We didn't even hint at discussing trying to record. We were nothing. Nothing. Let's get drunk and watch Kendrick Lamar. Um, (laughs) Let's eat chicken. Right. Speaking of chicken. Uh Goddamn! Goddamn it! Okay. So do you I remember mean, that song? How do you like it? I like it fried. Uh, how did some like it with the rice? How do you eat it? I eat I it on the top. Chicken, 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 that's a rhyme. Some red beans and rice. My girl, Nancy had the. That's a fried. Oh, oh my god. Greens. Yes, of Woo! course. <laughs> that was my song. Okay. <laughs> but then like in the second, third, fourth, and fifth fifth verse, it started to get real weird and she was talking about she, well, she was like, I want to be thick for you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ma'am, ma'am. Um, we're not doing that. So I've been influenced. I on the TikTok, on the Instagram. I saw some chicken. You sure did. D1 knew people who owned the chicken place. So we all met up on Friday to go get this chicken. It's called Honeymoon Chicken in D.C. And it's one of those places that is not very big. But according no, to No, it is not. It looked a lot bigger on the internet. I'll say that. And this shit was fucking packed. They don't take reservations. So you have to go in. And it, like when we got there... There was like 20 people waiting to sit down. Which is bonkers. Bonkers. And it wasn't like you could wait outside because it was cold as the fuck. Like, I'm one of them drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm going to tell you every three seconds that I'm from New York City. Right. I'm from New York City, <laughs> and we don't wait outside for food. For, for food. Um, And then I felt like I was in everybody motherfucking way. Like, there was a pair of ladies behind us I felt so bad because I am also a black woman over 30 and I have why are you all up on me itis really bad why are you all the fuck up on me and I felt so bad because we were all up on them but I didn't really have a lot of options my other option was to be in the way of the drink station which was super problematic not an option and then like I had my mask on and I felt like that was a problem for several people in the restaurant. Like it was just like, it doesn't make any goddamn sense in 2022 not to take a motherfucking reservation. And I get it. You want to drum up business. You want to drum up popularity. You're already popular. We are here because of social media. So the shit is working. There were like no less than 20 orders on the bar for takeaway. Takeaway. (laughs) 
Takeaway. Okay. For carry out at any given time. So clearly, you're not. They were out of damn rolls. They ran out of rolls. Reggie tried to order a roll, and she was like, "They've been reserved." How you and then I was like, roll? "I was like, watch me, bitch." Right. And, and I ordered one wing and three rolls. <laughs> right. How you how you can roll, reserve a roll, but you can't reserve a, a table seat. <laughs> Like, what the fuck is juice? But what don't make no goddamn sense is how good this motherfucking chicken It really didn't. It really is. doesn't. It really doesn't. The chick, It's like honey dusted. I don't know how you dust honey, but I don't know. And you could also get the honey drizzled. For the drizzle? Mother, the motherfucking rolls. The rolls. Girl. The, it's, it's, it, it, it. Now, I did have some qualms with the po' boy. You shouldn't have got that. It was I, shrimp at the chicken place. I know, but the way that it looked in the picture was right. very, was it was telling the me potato, a different story. The potato wedges were not that good either, but the chicken. The chicken was out of control. It doesn't make any goddamn sense how good that fucking chicken was. And so... I ordered some the next day. <laughs> you sure did. And it wasn't that good. But the rolls. Wait, no. Was, what do you mean? It just, it wasn't crispy. And I couldn't get it to crisp back up, even like putting it in the oven to heat it up. It just, it never had that same crisp that it had in the restaurant. Oh my God. That's like Sade. It's never as good as the first time. I imagine if I go back in there, it'll be good. I got the Brussels sprouts and they were like drowned in something sweet and it was just too much. Um, I, did get a, no. I did get one of them apple ham pies. That shit was good as the fuck. Good as the fuck. But the chicken, it don't make no sense how good the fucking chicken was. I'm like, what kind of steroids are they putting in chickens? Why are these wings so fucking big. That was a turkey wing. There was no pterodactyl dinosaur. Yeah. It made no sense. Yeah. Uh honeymoon chicken, if you're in the DC area, I highly recommend it, but like go in. And also too, I will say, because we knew that this was gonna be the situation, I wasn't irritated. I just was a little anxious Correct. about being in everybody's way. So Correct. once we sat down at the bar and ordered drinks, which they serve drinks. Yes. Great. And the drinks, drinks. the drinks were cute. The drinks were cute. Once we had our drinks and we were sitting at the bar waiting for our table, I was fine. But we waited a smooth hour for a table. It was but, a very long time. But we also were, we were also party. in there for a very yeah. long time. We were also a party of five. Aw, party of five. Five. Um, so I'm sure if it was just you and I, we probably could have gotten in sooner because they took like three parties of two before us. We also could have just sat at the bar and been like, fuck yeah. the dumb shit. But we, but it wasn't communal. No. And like we were, you were meeting people for the first time and we were like chatting. So it was fine. I enjoyed the vibe of the restaurant. I've been, anyway, this don't make no goddamn sense. Honeymoon chicken, sponsor us. The chicken is good. I have some tips about the side. The service oh. was- <laughs> The service was great, given how busy they were, except for, like, we didn't get a lot of our food, but they kept trying to come over and check on us and make it right. So I'm not, like, with how packed they were, I think they did. Yes, I feel like restaurants are not 
that great at being like, oh my God, there's so many people here. We're understaffed because we're like trying to save money and not, you know, have a bunch of people wasting hours on the floor. Um, but no, I thought they, the food was, the food was great. I don't know great. what type of crack they put in them rolls, but truly, I, I've literally not stopped thinking about them since Friday. Truly. I mean, like they are almost on the par of the Golden Corral rolls. Baby. baby. Almost. And honestly, the sample size is so small. It actually might be, it might be better. Because it had like garlic and butter. Like you could see the garlic on top of the roll. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm usually not that kind of girl that wants a whole, like a complicated roll. Like just give it to me simple. Give me the bread. Just give me bread. But that was delicious. It was so good. Um, What's the tea? Um, I'm just so sad about Twitch passing. Um, So I I don't know who he is. Like half a dozen people today have been like, oh, my God, reaching out to me. But I've never really watched So You Think You Can Dance. And I've never really watched Ellen like that, like just clips and stuff. Um, Yeah. And then I remembered my coworker sent me like him and his wife's Instagram, like, cause during the pandemic, they would do like a dance every day. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this is who it is. Not that I needed to know who he was to think that the situation was sad, but like so many people reached out to me. So like everyone I know thought that I knew who he was. So a lot of people know who he is. Even my mom, I was like, I don't know who this is, but this is so fucking sad. Yeah. I, um, was addicted to that show when I was younger. So you think um, you can dance? Ba, 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 ba. So you think you can't dance? Oh my so god! So he was a contestant on. The he show? was a he was a contestant, and he was part of. I don't remember if he was the first or second season, but like, you know how the same way with American Idol, obviously the first winner is still a global supernova superstar, Calendria Jamika Clarkson. No, of um. So you think you can dance? Who's the first winner? But like, but, but people, but contestants on these shows for like the first couple seasons, like if they are really deeply charming, then they become superstars that like transcend the way that people were introduced to them. And Twitch was Mm -hmm. absolutely that person. Like he was, I mean, you know, again, we were like, our relationship could be described as deeply parasocial at best, but like, um, watching the way that he was on that show and how like full of joy he was and you know uh classical modern dance wasn't his background but like seeing how good he was at it and he was just so full of light and life and um yeah and and watching it I didn't I didn't pay as much attention to his time on Ellen's show. He was a DJ on her show? Yeah, he was like the, the you know, um, the, house. The, like, the house DJ, the like yeah. crowd, pump them up person. And you know Ellen yeah. always trying to do a dance, do a two-step. And so like having Twitch like come down and like dance with her. Yeah, it was just My mom so loves Ellen. My mom loves Ellen. Like I credit Ellen to be the reason why my mom is accepting of the LGBTQ community. Not me. <laughs> she knew Ellen before she knew you. Yikes. Like you really mama, think you know somebody. Like my mom has been 
talking about Ellen DeGeneres from before she came out. And then when she came out, my mom was just like, Ellen, Ellen, Ellen. Like, there's two people, two white people that always shock people when I tell them my mama love. It's Ellen DeGeneres and fucking Nick, uh, what his name is? Nicholas Cage. My mama. Oh, I was like, who, what white man named Nick? And she liked them both in a gay way. I've never understood it. What? She liked Nicholas Cage. Like, she liked him. Oh, my face. Jesus, really? I don't, I don't understand. That don't, that, now that don't make no goddamn sense. But you know, we all have our fucking Mark Anthony, so I don't know how to explain our, that. Our who? Excuse me? <laughs> you heard what I said. I don't think I did because I think you said Mark Anthony. Jennifer Lopez, baby daddy. Um, wow. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how to explain it. I don't. You're going to need to. I, I I guess. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, um, okay. A little less, a little little less think on that. If you don't mind. I'm just saying, don't question why I like a sultry, talented singer. Just because he's thin. What is this body shaming? He, okay, okay. That man is right. sassy. He's, yeah, no, it's, he, he can sing. He can sing, he can sing, he can sing, he could do, he could do something. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, and he died by suicide of with a gun, apparently, which is like, I just have a lot of feelings. I was, talking about it this morning with Charmaine. Um, Yeah. Like, I used to feel... Like, there's a lot of things that religion taught me that I've reclaimed and have my own thoughts about, and and suicide is one of those things. Of course. And I used to feel like people who who died by suicide were selfish, and and now I feel like a great deal of respect for a person who decides when they want their life to be over. Um... And, you know, the cliche shit, like, you never know what anybody's going through. It's not even about that for me. It's just, like, life is hard. (laughs) This shit is hard. And people are fucking struggling. And unless you're trying to pay somebody bills for them or crawl inside their mind and turn off the darkness or whatever, you can't have anything to say about them choosing to end their life. And don't talk to me about God's will. Was it God's will for somebody to suffer inside their own mind every day of their life? I mean, I I think that is the the part of all of this like toxic positivity that I'm just like eh, easier said than done, friend. Like you have no and Chica, of course, who I, I obsess. Yeah, go ahead. Come on, Pastor. Hit 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 it. Hit us with with the scripture. Um. So she has a a thread. I don't really want to see any of the you never know what people are going through discourse today because in all honestly, honesty, y'all aren't any kinder when you do. I share every emotional peak and valley, not for a response, just to remind people that we are all human. It doesn't change how poorly I'm treated. Let's not cheapen the loss of such a kind soul to platitudes about how you never know who's depressed. You shouldn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and, you know, I am really fortunate in my life that like, I have a good relationship with my therapist. Um, and I have the bandwidth to like do the homework outside, especially as it relates to like boundary setting and creating healthy relationships and leaning on my support system. But like it, shit is not easy. Life is not fucking easy. And you know, it's hard sometimes to, to reach out and, and like the whole, like check on your strong friends is, is a nice thing to, to say, but like, we're all struggling still. This shit is, we are in the middle of a fucking pandemic still. This shit is not over. It work it like work is stress. Like I on March, whatever it's 2020, I was like working on the most exciting project of my career. I was like in a new relationship that I, you know, fucking thought was going to last for forever. And, uh, my my savings account was so big, y'all. It was so big. It was so big. And all that shit is gone. Um, and, you know, I'm very lucky that I have my sanity and I have my community. Um, but it's not a given. It's not a given. And, and I don't know. It's all like the holidays are always like, this time of the year is always so fucking hard anyway. Um, alpha, alpha blackness, one of the like black people fucking Instagram accounts was just like, had they had to say, they had the best thing to say about it. And it was like, hopefully the, the pain he was suffering has come to, has a, come to an come end. To an and end. like, I feel, I feel so, so many things for his wife and his children um, but he he didn't do it at home, um, which is kind of a great gift you can give to somebody because my other mother, um, her husband hung himself and she had to come home and find his body. Um, my other friend, since I'm 11, his roommate also took his own life and he had to come home and find his body. So it is, that is the part too. It's like, the least amount of, of that sort of trauma. Of disruption. Yeah, yeah, you can do to people. Um, but, you know, I've, I've had some ideation in the past, and sometimes you just feel like giving up. <laughs> like, you just want to take a fucking dirt nap. So if that is you, just know that, like, your life matters to somebody. I'm sure it do, even if it's a stranger on the internet, even if it's me. Um, I used to open myself up on Twitter to have people like, DM me if they didn't have anybody to talk to, but I'm not a professional. Um, and there are hotlines and, there are so and a text many line. Yeah, yeah. So you, you should do that. Um, but I'm always here to tell you that you're loved. If you don't feel your best right now, what Glorilla say? Something about the sun going to shine again tomorrow, girl. And if it don't, get an umbrella and go outside and get some fresh air. Somebody love you, though. Yeah. And, and even men, if you can't see it, just it don't it don't mean it's not there. Yeah. And black men go to the doctor. Baby. Get a therapist. Talk to Baby. one of your homeboys. Talk to one of your homegirls. Talk to one of your home days. Talk to your wife, black men. 
Talk to your friend. Talk to your people. It's okay if everything's not okay. That's okay. The, in, it, what we've learned over the last almost three years, some shit has gone down. Even if you weren't affected by the pandemic, which I don't know how anybody how has at this point at this at this point just the general death and illness and fucking poverty and sickness and war has had to have an effect on you in some type of way. Just talk to somebody, go talk to somebody. Please do because you, you trying to manage that burden on your own is not, it's not healthy for you physically or mentally. It's not healthy for you. Um, speaking of the holidays, I have like a, I don't know if it's a rant. Uh oh. Lord, y'all done pissed Nick Jew off, Jesus. No, 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 I'm not upset. It's the thing that I've been wanting to say because I read something on some some thread on Twitter about this person who had moved away from home and he only went home or they I don't remember if it was a man, woman or what how they identified uh presented our um no, I don't want to diminish anybody's identity. I love you. I love everybody. Um, I'm going to say he, because I think I remember it being a man, was just having a conversation with somebody like, so if you only go home for the holidays and your parents are 60, you potentially are only going to see your parents like 12 more times in your life. And like, it's such a morbid way to really consider things. And this is the thing that I'm trying to impart on anybody who thinks that what I have to say is of value. What is it about the holidays that everybody makes it seem so important? I think we put a lot of unnecessary stress on ourselves. Like if you can find something magical about every time of the year, why put so much stress on yourself about this time of the year? Like what is it about this time of the year? Christmas? I mean, I could find a holiday all year that's a gathering spot. Easter? Yeah. Your birthday? Like, it just, it doesn't make sense to put this type of pressure on yourself and all this money that we're spending and, like, encourage your family. So much fucking money. Like, you know, 20 years ago when our family started to expand even further than it already was, at Thanksgiving when we all got together, we pulled names because, like, you can't be buying all this shit for all these people. Grown people, I love you. I don't have any money. I'm, my brother's kids are all grown. I don't have any money. There are like two children in my life that I may be getting things for for like New Year's because my Christmas money ain't coming in time. But like, what is the purpose of all of it? What, like, buy me something on my birthday when it's my special day. You don't have to worry about giving me nothing for Christmas. If you want to, I love you. That's wonderful. I can post my Amazon wish list. And like, you know, y'all always show out on that. <laughs> And so I'm having this issue because I did leave home 10 years ago next year. And I feel a little guilt for my mother about not coming home for the holidays. But I'm like, our relationship has has grown exponentially since I left home. It's so much better. We talk every day, not on the phone, but we text every day. We talk on the phone multiple times a week. I feel like we have so much quality time together. If I were at home, I probably would barely see her, maybe go out there one week in a month if I could, if I wasn't busy. And like, I get that like somebody physically being in your presence is it's different, but it's, but it's no less special than the time that like, I feel like she thinks because I'm physically not there that I'm not there. Yeah, I think it's like a different kind of communion that people are used to. 
And it's not as, it's not the same. I won't say it's not as rich because I do think that there is a kind of like, I've experienced like profound, like the dopamine response from quality time. I've absolutely experienced that with someone virtually. I mean, we do it every other week for almost 10 years now. Um, almost, almost every week. Almost almost every other Thursday. Um, uh, but no, it, but I also think that that's like a cultural thing that you and I are used to, like are more open to this kind of virtual quality time spending. And I think especially after the last three years where everything has been virtual, it's a little easier, but it is, it is a kind of disruptive shift in the way that we gather for sure. But she's also been away from her home for most of her life and she's still in touch with those people. So it's not any less like, I get it. I want to see her too. Um, I went home this yeah. year already and, and less, and it's not even about the money, but that would be helpful <laughs> if you really want me to come home. Some, some airfare w- would be cute. Fly me out. Um, and also logistically, it's super tough for me to go home because I, if I go stay with my mom, I'm an hour and a half away from all of my friends. So there are so many of my friends that I thank God my friend threw a party for me when I went home for my birthday. So I did get to see a lot of those people I normally don't get to see because my mom lives so far away. I don't, my childhood homes are all gone. I don't have those any longer. My brother moved recently to a smaller place. So there's really not anywhere for me to like go. Yeah. It's a similar experience with, which is also why I don't go back. Right. I mean, I don't go back for lots of reasons. Also because um, my parents are cordial, but on different sides of the state. Um Right. You have to do the whole East Coast, West Coast, basically, when when I go home. And then I've got Charmaine. I've got my boyfriend. Like, I, I want to go down south, too. My godchildren are in Ashland. I haven't seen them in almost a decade. So every time I go home, it's, like, more stressful. more, And I could work, but then, like, I'm three hours behind. Behind, just, yeah. Or and then I use PTO to go home, which doesn't feel like a vacation. And, like, I Because it's it. not. Right. And I get it. And I know that time is finite and I love her so much and I wish we could see each other so many times, but I've seen her more over the last two years than I've seen some people since I've left home, like people I'm related to because I got sick and she was, she came here like multiple times in the last three years. So it's just a lot of undue stress and all in the name of the holidays. And I just feel like we could have a special gathering in March, sister, that won't cost hella money and have to worry about weather delays across the country. I mean, capitalism, duh, like, I do think that not just with the, like, price gouging of flights during the holidays, um, but also creating this, like, over-importance on doing shit at the same time as everybody else. That, and it's like, that. you know, we don't, we can have our own tradition we can do whatever we want we actually don't have to we don't have to subscribe to to the bullshit and why can't we make it a part of our tradition that we jump on the motherfucking facetime it's not the same it's not the same it's not it's not a hug i will say like i you know my i saw my mom she came to to northern california to see the show that i was in and like you know 
there's a there's a certain way that you there's a you hug your mom and you're like oh wow okay all right that's cool Look, but also I'm well aware we could we could do quality time baby we it's fine because also like after that you gonna go in the other room I'm gonna watch TV and we not gonna talk to each other for like four hours right. I really could have did that at home right and I understand that time is finite and I don't want to sound insensitive to anybody who has lost their mother or a parent. Of course not. Of course not. Me either. Um, I know that when my mom passes, the person who loves me the most of anybody on earth will have died. So I get that. Um, I know how, how time is precious, but it's just that overwhelming pressure to travel during this specific time. And I'm always like, you could come here. You can absolutely come here. You know she's not doing that. So why then do I... Ha- have to be expected <laughs> because you the you the child and you're supposed to you know rearrange your whole life for your elders apparently apparently girl um we have some voicemail i know we have some feedback y'all really want to talk to us and i love to see it it's fresh uh because nobody see. else does <laughs> except for us um what the fuck? Uh, hi, uh, my name's Rory. I'm from Jersey. Uh, the reason why I'm calling is about the eulogy for Kanye West. Uh, I'm kind of young. Uh, when Kanye West first came out, I was still in high school, a junior at the time. And Kanye West was the first person I became a, a huge fan of because most of the music I was listening to wasn't American. It was uh, Caribbean. South American music, uh, and I really appreciated that Kanye made music that felt a little bit middle class. If you weren't running the streets, or if you didn't go to a lot of parties, he kind of made hip hop music for kids and maybe adults who just worked their job and was trying to keep up with the Joneses, at least for the first three albums. But once he made 808s and Heartbreak, um, it kind of changed a lot of things. It made hip hop question its own musical genre, allowed a lot of male rappers to start rapping and singing about negative emotions like heartbreak. Uh, And afterwards, his music started becoming more eclectic, which got me more comfortable to where hip hop is now, where a lot of producers make a lot of interesting music. Uh, I would love to say that I could separate an artist from their personal time, but the truth is a lot of artists when they get in trouble, or just celebrities in general, they get really defensive, which is normal. Like, we come at them at the wrong time, where we interview them, and their, worst, and their first reflex is to not say that they did something that bad. And they don't quite learn quickly. It takes time. I'm sure a lot of people have talked about it for quite a bit for the last couple of years, that to give a good apology and a great answer of regret for the decision. They can't just do it when the information is publicly known. They kind of have to give them a couple of weeks or months. And just as a fan, I have to let Kanye West go. He, he hates me. I'm a, I'm a black male, and he hates my existence. He thinks I am beneath him. He never misses an opportunity to say it. And I can't support music like that anymore. And the sad part is a lot of rappers in hip-hop don't think I'm human. 
a lot of them don't really think of me as a person anymore. And it's kind of been my reason for distancing myself from hip-hop. I understand that hip-hop has to be braggadocious and grandiose. But honestly, like at some point, the pe- I'm not part of that, uh, of that uh, community anymore. And um, it hurts that the first person I became a... Uh, he called back. Oh, sorry about that. I just realized I was talking too long. Um, just to, just to end things quickly, um, you know, I am very concerned that hip hop nowadays, and I'm mostly talking about the men in hip hop, have had such a disapproval attitude toward black men, black women, black children. Like it's, it's kind of making me start to lose interest in, in my hip hop genre because, because it's not just Kanye West. A lot of, a lot of hip-hop music is kind of starting to become very anti-black. Like, they don't love our existence anymore because we're not as rich or as famous as they are. And I just started looking into other forms of music. I mean, there's black people in every department of music. So I'm, I'm never losing any interest. It's just American hip-hop has become a little bit out there now. And uh, and as for Kanye West, I I just feel sorry that the person he turned into. Whenever he wakes up from this this fever dream, he's really gonna regret the devastation he's created. But uh, sorry again for talking too long. I really do love y'all's show. I hope that you guys can keep doing it consistently. Sorry about the first phone call. Uh, have a great evening. Bye bye. Oh, a read. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you so much for calling. Um, great voicemail. Yeah, please don't apologize. Do for... not apologize. Um, it's very thought provoking. I definitely want to comment. Reggie, do you have anything to say first? I have so much to say, but I'll let you go first. Um, I wanted to say generally, I understand the sentiment and I feel you, but as like a female fan of hip-hop it's sort of been my conundrum since the very beginning like the first time it was ever addressed was by my beloved Dana I knew it I knew you were gonna say I knew I fucking knew (laughs) Dana the queen of Latifah's Owens first of her name um who you calling a bitch (laughs) like and in my entire life growing up in the 80s and 90s and and being an adult in the 00s hearing women referred to as bitches and hoes and like I come from the Bay Area and Bay Area rap got a certain je ne sais quoi of misogyny that it was really hard to ignore and you you all, you sometimes had to be like oh he's not talking about me or like it's just a song and, and the he's older, not talking about me is the title <laughs> of my first memoir yeah he's not talking about me and it's sort of just the thing that I had to push to the side for the sake of entertainment. But the older you get, the more you're like, mm, you know, it's it's harmful because it's not just the music that I'm listening to. This music also raised a generation of men um, and their children and their children's children at this point. So uh, I think that it's not that rappers are becoming anti-Black 
or anti-woman or anti-male or anti-LGBTQ. It's just always been that way. And I think at a certain point, you have your awakening. And this is why I hate the way that white people have bastardized the word woke, because once you do become woke, you can't hear it any differently. So there, and I think I've come full circle being 44 at this point that I've gone through my, like, I'm ignoring it to, I can't fuck with it. And I'm kind of settled now in a place of like, I still know all the words to ain't no fun and let that bitch come on right now. Get some back in the motherfucking house. Look, what a fat dick for your motherfucking mouth. I was trying to just not, I was trying not to go that far, but. Hoes recognize, niggas do too. Because when bitches get scandalous and pull a voodoo, what you going to do? You really don't know. So I'd advise you not to trust, trust that these hoes. Silly of me to fall in love with a bitch. Yeah, so it's it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. Now, as the sun rotates and the game, his verse is actually not even the problematic one. Oh, oh, I know. That's why I went there and not yeah. when you opened up your gap. Like, yeah. excuse me? <laughs> Nate, dog. Um, so I understand your conundrum, but then it's like, if I have to start, thinking about every artist when I consume their art, I'm really just sitting in the corner listening to myself think. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> everybody's fucking problematic. But now I don't really listen to a lot of new hip-hop. I feel like my beloved Kendrick is one album away from me having to put his shit down too. So it's tough. I know. I feel you. I feel for you. And I, I really appreciate you calling what we did for Kanye a eulogy because that nigga gone. He did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I I only pause to use that analogy just because, like, I think I've said to you, and I will say on mic, like, I am deeply afraid that there's no way out of this that doesn't involve self-harm. And I'm, like, really, uh, like, preemptively sad for... I've been saying know, that, though. Like, yeah, I'm, every like, day I wake up and I'm like, is this the day we yeah. gonna hear that he finally did it? And I just yeah. pray that he don't do anything to anybody else. Correct. Um no, I mean, I, I feel you. It As a member of the Loud Ghetto Bitches That's Cute, like, I I absolutely felt... Like a big ticket. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, um, I can't think of the word right now, but, like, dis- like absolutely definitively disinvited from participating in hip-hop music until I heard him and... Um, you know, being able to like feel invited to a a genre of music that spoke to my soul in a way that I didn't have language for felt like a kind of spiritual like gift. Like I, 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 I will never forget my first experience like with that music and how it changed a part of me. Um, and I loved that he, like, when I fell in love with his music, he was connected to his own intellect, um, that, like, part of his value to society and why he was that nigga wasn't just because he had a big-ass dick or because he could sling the most drugs or whatever. He was also like, I'm fucking, I'm a genius. Um, 
which I think was also kind of a new thing for a, a black rapper to like shout out their intellect as one of the things that they were the most proud of. And I, yeah, it, it, it was really sad. I mean, I, it's one of the like days I'll remember for the rest of my life. I was working at that uh, gym and I can't believe they didn't fire me because I was late every day. And you were opening the fucking door. I was the opening manager. I mean, the security guards were there, but like me, nah, 60% of the time I was on time. But that's what they could fire me because I was a nigga. (laughs) I think the fact that you had to look at old man balls every day was enough. For them to be like, we're going to keep him. We're going to keep him. (laughs) We're going to keep him. But I remember it was 2010 and I was on Yahoo Messenger at my desk, which I should not have been. Uh, But what was they going to do? They wasn't going to fire my ass. Right. (laughs) Um, And uh, an album had been released on Spotify and I took my lunch break to go work out and listen to that album. And I remember I texted you, I dropped my weights almost on my foot because mm-hmm. I was like, what power? is was this it power? album? No, it was the first song. It was the, um, uh, yeah, no, it, yes. It was all the lights. All the light. And I was like, what the fuck? is this and then power and then so appalled and then lame game i was like "Ooh, this is a lot jesus i gotta see Ooh, lord have mercy but you know i i'm so i'm so sad and you are absolutely right it, it, it it's like he is saying you are beneath me and and i do feel conflicted as a professional artist who makes a different kind of art than than musicians do because I feel like in my art there is almost always a very visible line between my art and my identity as an artist but I feel like for musicians that line is intentionally blurry and sometimes there is no line so it's like I can be in a play where I play a terrible character and it's always very clear to everybody that that's not how I feel and sometimes I feel like in music there is such an importance on like projecting a kind of aspirational image that like, and so much of society and culture about being a celebrity is about projecting that aspirational ism. It's hard to tell, like if people even believe the shit that they're making music about, but it's, it's hard not to, to feel, you know, excluded to feel left out from participating in music when everyone's talking about yachts and yacht shit. And I'm like, Nigga, I can't even go on a whale watching boat. Is the shit on Groupon? You it's know what I mean? It's interesting though, because there's really no roadmap of how to age as a um, rapper. Because Jay Z was talking about selling crack in Marcy Projects, and now he's and it's still about, talking about selling crack. But he's also talking about Basquiat's and yachts and whatever. And it's like, what else he supposed to talk about? He got it. Like if it's if it's live your raps then like why would he still be talking about street shit like you know it's right. just you know what i'm saying it's like how where do our 50 year old and 60 year old rappers go it's like that shit with 21 savage being like oh jay-z is irrelevant or whatever the fuck or nas is irrelevant. Nas, and i was like but, you're a clown right and it's like what are we supposed to do when our when our rappers turn 60 what are they supposed to do just die um i hope not no. i hope not I mean, or be like Mariah in every fucking November, be like, all right, here we go. I don't want, oh, Lord, okay, let's warm up. You know, 
Or she could perform Proceed with Caution because that is a no-no. I need to revisit that album again. Somebody had posted about that album. I'm like, y'all playing a no-no. Um, what was the other song off of that? <laughs> that, album had, that album had some, some fucking, some bops. The, Hold on. What was the name of that album? Um, Proceed, it's called, it's called Caution. The, it was a no-no. And the other one, fucking... Ugh. Hold on, I'm pulling it, it was up. A single. No, not the. I don't want to play it, baby. Open the album. Oh, how about you get the fuck, get the out? fuck out? GTFO, <laughs> girl. GTFO was a jam. Oh my y'all, god! Y'all played in Mariah's face with that album. That album was cute. <laughs> They're like, "Ugh, why is she still making it?" Because the shit jams is why. Why not? Why do we do that to people? It. She really was jamming. She really was jamming. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I, I don't, there's, there's no way back in, in my mind for him. I'm done with his music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, well him, I was done with him a long time ago to be, if I'm to keep it a fucking bean. It's not been that long. It's only been like really five years. Maybe five years because I I bought that fucking painting when I lived in the apartment next door. Yeah, three, three uh, years maybe. No, maybe five. I would say five years. But I've been done with him for a minute. Um, it's, it's been about five years for me. It's so it's so sad because I think I don't I don't know that I've ever had to walk away from an artist that I've loved like this before. I mean, I didn't like I said before. I didn't really love R. Kelly like that. I liked. I was just about to say, like, I had an appreciation for Robert, and I did watch Trapped in the Closet like a lot of times with my father and my brothers, and we were laughing at the whole shit. But yeah, I was like, okay, bye, see you later. This one, it does feel like a eulogy. Yeah. So. I'm scared. What? I'm really scared. I'm really scared, but I'm past the point of like care and concern. He's just like outside of my. Yeah. You know, because it's like at at what cost does that care and concern come? Right. And don't fuck about me. <laughs> and and you know, like there's only so much you there's only so much help you can offer to a person who's like not interested in that help. Exactly. And I I. I Again, because I'm an artist and like imagination of the human experience is like my literal job. I, I have a lot of compassion for the kind of psychosis he must have endured, like having his mother pass in the way that she did and feeling that there were no people he trusted that could tell him the truth about himself or his life. But that is not an excuse for the way that the last 15 years have played out and I don't know that there's anybody who can get him back and it's not, it's now no longer my responsibility or my concern. And I have given it to God and I will leave it there. Hundo, hundo, hundo. Um, yeah. Hey boo. Um, yeah. Who you got? I tell you who I don't. Hey, 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 hey. What the fuck, man? The Warriors embarrassed the fuck out of me last that night. That was not a good game. What the fuck? That's okay. Seven technicals in that game. 
I mean, I feel like that refing was aggressive. Aggressively fucking stupid. Uh, I, it was aggressive. It was aggressive. My hey boo is Roderick Morrow, who is back in New York working on the second season of HBO's Game Theory, bitches. He's there um, now, right now. That's Should amazing. Yeah, before I leave. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I am excited that M- Morocco uh, got as far as they did. Girl, TikTok is just ablaze with the takes. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, what what they saying? The memes are fucking hilarious, first of all. It's like Moroccans seeing people call them African, and it's just like side-eye and whatever. So it's like the Arab Moroccans versus the African Moroccans versus this other ethnic group that live there, baby. I That ain't my business. I understand the difference between nationality and ethnicity, and I understand how close Northern Africa is to, to From some Arab sub- countries. Yeah. So I get it if you're not ethnic, ethnically African or whatever, but baby, they on TikTok dragging each other. Yeah, I I unfortunately was um I had to to learn the hard I actually that's not true. I didn't learn this the hard way. I knew this already. But just like Paul Mooney did not miss when he said everybody want to be a nigga, but nobody wants to be a nigga. But nobody want a nigga. Many a nigga was said, not many a nigga was seen. <laughs> hey! Nary a nigga was seen. Can we talk? For un minute. I'm rooting for Mbappe in them, um, but I really don't care at this point, actually. Well, now we have the the last two games are set, so, like, good for y'all. Y'all made it. Morocco and Argentina. Uh, No, France and Argentina. France and Argentina. Oh, I missed the fucking match today. I didn't even... What was I yeah. talking about, Morocco? Because it was the the tea has been so delicious. On TikTok, <laughs> it's all I could think about. Um, so they're playing Croatia for the third for third place. Okay, so France won today. My mm-hmm. God, two is this the is this the first time that a defending champ has been back to the? I don't know. Oh, don't happen often enough for me to know this. <laughs> they were like making some. They were like the defending champ almost never makes it out of the groups, and I was like. Damn. Double I just know I, I wanted to see somebody new, like, but you know whatever, Lionel and them, um, go fight win or whatever. I'm definitely I have no harsh in this race. <laughs> Not go fight win. <laughs> I yeah, I'm I though those at those athletes, to quote Serena Williams, are just in such pristine physical condition every time i googled somebody age i was like no i there was some oh my god that little child um i saw somebody posted a a tiktok video on twitter and i was like oh my god who is this oh he's fine as fuck wait a minute he looked familiar it's uh what a name from blackish um, oh my God, Marcus! Baby, baby, he—he's so attractive. I was like, look at him. He's on. I was like, you are twenty-three years old, and I he's am going so to jail. He's I'm so going cute. to federal prison. 
Um, I am going to be rooting for Olivier Giroud. At least my vagina will be. Because he's oh, okay. He's, he's he's fine. He's really attractive. <laughs> All right, Oliver. Okay. Um, okay. Who your hey boo is? I don't. I just don't think you made a selection out of that. Just all of them. All, all of them. All of them. Because <laughs> I'll I'm take a it. Because <laughs> I'm a squat. A bong. Um. <laughs> Shame me. Um, shit. Quick, quickly. Uh, can I say I saw um emancipation. You did. I did. Um, I didn't hate it. Um, I think that Willard was doing some really good acting. I wish he would leave. He's a good actor. I wish he would leave them accents the fuck alone. Oh, he's doing a dialect? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Haitian. Oh, no. Yeah, but thankfully. Oh, no. Thankfully, there's not a lot of dialogue in the movie. Oh, no. That's really hard. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't do it. Um, It feels like three movies. Um, like a slavery movie, an action movie, and a civil war movie. I don't, again, I didn't hate it. Um, the cinematography is beautiful. The way that the saturation is in the film, so it looks black and white, but they're, the only thing that shows color is the blood. Is like, it's oh, very, that's fascinating. It's beautifully, it's beautifully made. It's beautifully directed. I think that those Oscar people are shitting themselves because this is the exact kind of shit that they would nominate somebody for. Not saying that he's oh, not no, they eligible. Can't. No, they he can be they can't. he can be nominated. He just can't come to the motherfucking ceremony. Um, but I think it's I think people are going to be fucking kicking themselves of the fact that they can't nominate him or it's not gauche to nominate him. Um, I think that like I am definitely not one of those black people who think that we don't need any more slavery movies. I've seen a lot of people like making fun of the movie or whatever, because that's just what people do. But I'm of the opinion that we need a movie about the horrors of chattel slavery in this country, every generation, everyone should have to see how terrible of an institution this was. And this one, it told a story to me that I've not seen. It it felt very graphic, um, probably because of the newness of the film. Yeah. But it really hit home on the horrors of this institution and, and the way that it destroyed families and and particularly its decimation of of black manhood um it was very hard to watch i'll never watch it again but i think that these films are important there's still so many stories that we've yet to be told i would love to see some more things about reconstruction or like what was going on in the north in this time what happened in africa what was happening in haiti like uh canada even like in that Harry and Meghan doc, they in episode three, which I'm highly recommending the whole thing, but specifically episode three. Oh, I started three, watching that at the dentist and I started crying. I was like, I can't do this here. They really called a thing a thing in episode three and talking exactly about how the the empire was built and what that exactly means. Um, and because I think that like, because I'm American, my education is mostly about American history. The little bit of world history that we do get is very like truncated. And it's like this war, this war, this war, you, you, you know that England had colonized several continents, Many, but every, it colonized every continent except Antarctica. And, And for me, it never really makes the connection of like 
for me, I think of American chattel slavery. I'm like, that's fucking horrible. That's awful. But I don't think of colonization in the same way, but it's exactly the same fucking shit. Um, so what I would say to you is if you enjoy Will Smith as an actor, I would watch it. It's long. There, it's, it's definitely some religious propaganda that is a little bit annoying. Um, I'm not saying it's a perfect movie. It's not quite a Django, but it's definitely like I came away from it very angry. I'm still so angry at the way that like we were treated like less than animals. Um, and I understand that I can't hold white people responsible today for what their ancestors did. I said, why not? Girl, because I would walk around even angrier than I already am. Um, but it's not enough for you to just be a good person. You need to educate yourself and look at the fact that this shit went on so long and then it took years for the slaves to even know that they were freed. And it's not like they were like, okay, great. Thanks for your service. Here's a house and some land. We are still today. To this day. Today. To this very fucking hour. To this moment. Suffering. Because there were millions of people who were either brought here or born here into, into slavery. Who the government was like, okay, well, we can't own you anymore. Well, we surely don't want to go to school with you. Let's just incarcerate. Let's just incarcerate them and call them criminals and throw them away and and give them a complex about their own humanity. That's better. And as much disdain as I have for police watching these slave catchers, it really—it's the same shit. It's the same fucking shit. Absolutely. I mean, did you watch Thirteen? Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. The American the American police institution is born out of the tradition of slave catching. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's why that's why they have the fucking sirens on. Like it's like, and to also have traveled to other countries to see how American policing has like created culture shifts in other countries. Like, you know, I, I agree with you that these movies need to be remade and remade because we haven't fi- we haven't dealt with it yet. We're, we haven't the, even scratched the surface. The wound, the wound is still, the wound is still bleeding. Right. It's not even. It hasn't closed. It hasn't scabbed. And yes, there are black billionaires. Yes, we had a, a person with a father of African uh, ethnicity elected to the presidency. And look what happened to him. Look how he was talked about. Um, that was one of my favorite things about the Broadway show Ain't No Mo, which also I think I said this last time. But if you're in New York, please see it. It is incredible. But like the opening of this play is this like beautiful eulogy, um, in fact, of like they call it brother right to complain because like we don't have because they're like we don't have a right to complain no more because uh, President Obama is your nigga. He's my nigga. He's the nigga. And and that ceremony is so full of light and joy and humor because it's like, oh, everything is going to be great now. And then. Tamir Rice, and then Ferguson, and then Flint, and then November 9th, 2016, and then, and then, and then, and then, and so, no, I feel like we have not, the fact that people think that, like, integration 
Like Ruby Bridges is with us. With us. Ruby Bridges is younger than my mother. Sit on that. And I say this in jest, but I truly mean it. I feel like integration is one of the worst things that ever happened to us. If only they had kept their half of the bargain on the but equal part. Baby. Baby. Because I know a lot of black people who only have contact with white people like at work. And they're fine. <laughs> they're not like this these violently racist black people. They're they're fine. They have a great sense of self. <laughs> like it's you know. But anyway, um, meanwhile on Twitter, this one's a little old, but what are these what are these people, these clowns, these fools talking about? Since he left the tweet at it's only fair that we continue to make fun of him. I'm Lucky so Day, who I thought was a homosexual, but I think oh, he's very straight. Giveon or one of them is Giveon uh, gay. I don't know, but Lucky Day. I don't. I didn't. Re- I'm today. I was yesterday years old when I realized that Lucky Day was one of the writers on Alien Superstar. Whip, whip. Uh, he tweeted on November 21st. If you get a BBL, I'm putting an air tag in it. I'm not going to have to stop listening to his music. On 11-21-22, I learned that Lucky Day is a deadbeat dad because the entire Twitter reminded him. Would you like to know some of the things that they said about this man? <laughs> Could put an air tag on your kids' I, bags. I I'm, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm so sad. I am so, I'm so, I love him. I'm so sad. You got to separate the art from the artist. Could put an air air tag on your kids' book book, book bags, but you'd have to actually see them. So. Maybe if I keep listening to his music, it'll help pay his child support. Somebody said, focus on this and then link the tweet. The girl from College Hill, Atlanta has a baby by lucky day and he doesn't want to pay child support. I'm going to see if y'all can hear this. That's what I care about. I care that I literally have to submit paperwork and documents to the courthouse because he doesn't feel he should have to pay child support because of the pandemic. He wants to pay zero dollars, y'all. A man who spent $369,000 in a matter of months just for travel and entertainment doesn't want to pay anything for child support. The same guy who didn't send anything for her birthday gave her some free chocolates and a rose or something that was given to him just because he's is who he is. So there's so many things that I have a problem with that I don't speak up on, but we're going to speak on this now because you think that you ain't got to pay nothing, David. Nothing, David. The whole EP, yo, your rent for your two bedroom apartment is more than the mortgage on my five bedroom house. Help me understand how you ain't got nothing. You ain't got no money. You make more for an appearance than I make in a month, and you don't think you should have to pay anything? Lucky day. Literally month, girl. Um. Yikes. Oh no, I'm so sad. Oh, 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 oh my god. Uh, I hate this podcast. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> did I do. Lucky, I love you, but this is a wild thing to say, especially when you can't even locate your own kid. I hate this podcast. I'm so sad. 
I quit. <laughs> Anybody want to be the new co-host? Because I can't. I'm tired of learning shit about people I like. I'm I'm living in the woods. Fuck this. They're eating you up, beloved. <laughs> <laughs> they on your head, homie. Uh, okay, so let's go to the quotes. Let's oh, go to the I am quotes, so bro. sad. My heart is broken. <laughs> um, Lucky Day is 37 years old and woke up at 4.33 a.m. to tweet this. Dude, just a year younger than me, and he's a deadbeat dad, and this was on his mind early in the morning. Oh, God. Not them telling you to air tag your kids. Oh. This is my favorite. Now, David. Oh, oh, oh. Finding so out bad. that lucky day is a fingertip from 40 is insane. He's 33. That's not a fingertip, babe. That's seven years. Oh, he's 37. Yeah. Well, I find out this man is 37. I thought he was 25. He dressed like he's 25. Somebody said, only BBL you need to worry about is on books, bags, and lunchboxes. Oh, book bags and lunchboxes. BBL, that's well, cute. There's the title of our show. Book bags <laughs> and lunchboxes. And lunchboxes, bitch. Oh, my God. Let me write that down. I am so... I am so sad. This is what I get for being on Twitter. This is what I get. This is what the fuck I get. Um... Uh, the quotes y'all would have never got the chance to whack me this many times I would have deactivated first (laughs) sometimes I just wish my faves would hush I can't even save you I can't even save you baby and it's the meme with the two bald headed mannequins this nigga a deadbeat (laughs) they cooking you brother guess you can say it was your unlucky day You have enjoyed the fruits of absentee fatherism too long. You are a grifter. Tweet like it. Ooh, not a grifter. If somebody called me a grifter, the way that I would have to, I would have to beat them up. Because that to me is like the worst insult you could ever call somebody. Right. Like not a grifter, father. Perhaps if you put an air tag on your child, you would be involved in their life. Yikes. Somebody said, fight back. (laughs) Um, And this is where I threw my phone and I will end it here. You are hiding from a child. (laughs) Meanwhile. There are tears in my eyes right now because I'm so sad about this. I mean... My my actual father, who um, uh, he's beating <laughs> the deadbeat allegations as of late. Yes, yes, but he was not. Uh, he is a um, an ex an, an ex deadbeat. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah, no, he's an ex deadbeat. He's born again. He's, exactly, he's a born again father. Um, we were just talking about uh, some of that shit, so maybe there's hope for David. But also now that he got this this money from Renaissance, maybe he could buy his kids some. And he has a daughter. That's My even worse. Friend, how you singing all these songs? Oh, I found it. Only BBL you need to be worried about is book bags and lunch boxes. Go buy some school supplies. 
Track that child support, nigga. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to talk about Meg until there's a verdict. I don't want to talk about. um, I don't want to talk. I don't. I'm. I. I. I probably don't even want to talk about it then, to be honest. I. The whole situation makes me so angry. So angry. And like part of and and this is actually my larger like frustration with our culture that like. This is what, okay, okay, I'm gonna say something judgmental. Okay, all right, mm, sorry. I feel like this is what happens when you don't have anything bringing you joy in your life, that you find amusement in the lived misery of other people, and you have mm-hmm. so much fucking free emotional bandwidth that you can get invested in people's real life sadness and trauma that you're following it just for the mess of it all because like i don't understand why people are like well we don't know we don't know well he said this and she it does it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter a person and we've gone through this Every fucking election we hear, listen to black women. Every fucking whatever, we're like, listen to black women. Listen to black black, black women lead. Da 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 da. But y'all want to get off and laugh and ha ha and hee hee and make jokes about this woman who, like, what does it profit her to lie? Nope. Right. Like, honestly, honestly, who the fuck even is this nigga? Like, mm-hmm. nobody really knows who he is. She's a Grammy winner. He's a fucking bum. So what the fuck does it profit her to drag some man down and invent some fake story to for for, for what? Right. She has talent and ability and skill on her own. She doesn't need that. And for people to be like for especially quote unquote media outlets and quote unquote journalists to be like participating and 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 like I can't even think of the word. I'm so angry. Like participating in this shit like it's newsworthy or, or trying to be like impartial and be like, well, I'm just talking about both sides. Nah, nah, miss me, miss me. Go get some business, find something you love to do and do that. Because this, like y'all look so ugly trying to like ha ha and kiki with this woman's pain. You look so ugly. It's very awful. And I just can't even talk about it because it hurts me. as like a black woman to whatever, because it's like, it's four people in the car. Somebody was driving. Somebody got shot, and it was two other people. So somebody shot her. Now that we have conclusive evidence that she was, in fact, shot. Conclusive, which she has maintained the whole time. She fucking went to the hospital because they were like, it was shards of glass from the window that broke. Okay, like, she went to the hospital. It has been proven that she had been shot. So somebody shot her. Who shot it, her? It, it's, it's, it's conclusive. I, and also, like, again, talking about suicidal ideation, she tweeted, she said in the courtroom about how, like, sometimes she thinks about taking her own life, like, between her losing her mother and all of this. And it's like, look at this shit. Look at, th- this is why I didn't want to talk about this. I'm going to just say this and then we're done. Look at the way that she's being treated after losing her mother versus people still coddling that man because his mama died. This is the day that the Lord has made. But not the day for you to try it. Bye. Bye.